Welcome to the Bitcoin Zodiac, the podcast that explores the intersection of finance and astrology, where we use a combination of spirituality and logic to help us connect the dots in the market. Hosted by Corinne Florence and Claire Marinan, who both come from a diverse background, bringing with them a wealth of knowledge and experience in the realms of astrology, cryptocurrency, trading, philosophy, investment strategy, and of course, Bitcoin. In each episode, we explore the economics of the markets following the evolution of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies through each moon cycle and astrological transit. Join us on this journey as we explore the intersection of these two worlds that are often thought to be at odds with one another, finance and astrology. Whether you're a seasoned crypto investor, a day trader, or just starting to dip your toes into the world of Bitcoin and blockchain, the Bitcoin Zodiac is the podcast for you. So sit back, relax, and come and expand your consciousness with us as we explore the world of the financial markets through an astrological lens. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good morning from Italia. How are you? <laughs> I'm amazing. How is beautiful Italy? Italy is beautiful i i love italy i love the food oh my god the food the quality is just it's just so different um feel a little wi-fi issues so hopefully this recording goes well (laughs) um but but yeah they had these massive storms here and um up north and it just kind of ruined a few of the things around here um and mercury retrograde let's just blame that at the end of the day (laughs) thanks mercury retrograde but we've got you don't worry we're we're navigating around mercury retrograde we (laughs) are actually it was so funny the day that we started traveling that we were about to get on the plane was um it was the day that literally then pretty much all the planets felt like they were in retrograde it was the day that uranus went into retrograde and my co-star said you know today uh in the coming days there's going to be lots of little hiccups but you're going to deal with it really gracefully and I was like thank (laughs) you for the confirmation like I already felt that and I was already preparing myself and then yeah we just had little things like trying to get on the plane and they were telling us that we didn't pay for baggage or like for extra luggage and I was like nobody told me at the check-in but I was just nice and cool, calm, collected. And I stood my ground and they finally let us on with the luggage. And then, you know, even like our car, our rental car, we get there. Actually, I, this was crazy. Okay. We go to get our, our rental vehicle. Uh, we had uh, requested an SUV. They gave us some like Toyota hybrid something. I was like, eh, not really what I wanted, but okay, whatever. And then we do all the checks. The guy goes to start the car to check that the car starts working. Doesn't turn on. <laughs> and he like keeps trying, keeps trying, gets another guy. This guy still can't turn it on. And I'm like, they're being like, please an upgrade, please an upgrade. And then, yeah, they ended up upgrading the car for us. And I was like, yes, this is the car I wanted. And, um, and then as soon as we get in the car to like go drive off with our new upgrade, I turned to the left and a third guy came and the car turned on. I was like, what? And I just drove off to make sure we got the upgraded car. But, um, See, that, yeah. that is a perfect example of rejection is redirection. 
Mm, yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, I've really been framing that. Like, um, you know, if you feel that like kind of pinch of rejection or something didn't work out the way that you wanted it to, it's like, no, this is heading for an upgrade. Like, you know, reframing, reframing rejection, I think. Yeah. Yep. It has been a lot of that. And when I look back on my life, it always is that. So mm, absolutely. Are... Why in the moment do we not like lean into that? I'm working on that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause of programming, conditioning, our ego, we think that we want things in a certain way and we forget to fall into faith and that God, or at least I believe in God. So whatever yeah. higher power that you believe in, they always have a greater plan for you. Um, and sometimes we just forget that. Yeah. And it's always better. Like God's plans are just always better than my plans. Like that's just reality. Yeah. But um, sometimes I think I really wish that he could like, you know, implement them in my life a little like more softly, like, <laughs> but maybe that, but that's probably my own stubbornness that is like, <laughs> means it has to be like monumental things. Saying so, you no, know, oh this is your path. <laughs> you know what just went through my head? I'm like, uh, God's probably a Leo. It's like, bam, intensity. Here I am. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, like when I think of human design as well, um, yeah, I think, like, I'm pretty sure that God is a manifestor. It's just like, doom. there's no kind of like gently, gently kind of. Sometimes it's gentle, but a lot of times for me like to get the message it's like no Claire I'm gonna have to do it in a big way like because you're not getting it <laughs> oh I love it I love it and actually that just this just came to me too how was full moon in Pisces for you I mean actually really good yeah actually really good yeah which is so funny for me because it, it's not my favorite. It's not like water signs, water and fire. We're, we're just, we're just yeah. not made for each other. And the full moon energy, you know, as, as I say, every full moon, I, I really have, like, I really sort of schedule out time just to be alone, just to be very inward um, and to, to allow it to do its work. And so, yeah, I actually really enjoyed it. Like I felt like it was a very, like, a, you know, water sign, very cleansing. And mm. um, yeah, I, it, I felt really good. And um, I think that's one of the things that I sort of want to point out, um, you know, in terms of astrology is that, you know, I think it's, it's really fun to do the kind of like project, predictions of what may happen in the future like we we never make solid predictions on this podcast we're always very much um in line with the view that we're always co-creating and nothing is actually fixed but it's fun to you know be able to go oh well this you know we could see a banking collapse or like one of Corinne's great ones a couple of episodes ago was everybody thought bitcoin was going up to test that 32k and Karim was like, ah, oh, there's a Venus and Furia conjunction. So actually we're, we're probably coming down. And, you know, it's really fun when those things play out. But I think really for me, like what astrology gives us is this, you know, this ability to align with cycles of creation. You know, nobody thinks it's woo-woo 
when a farmer plants at a certain time and harvests at a certain time, like it's logical. And so it's logical for us to align with the cycles of creation because, you know, it's not summer all the time, like winter plays its role. And so in terms of like what we, what we're looking at here with the financial markets is that there's that saying that there's nothing worse than being a bull in a bear market. And so that's what we're sort of looking at here is like, what are the energies coming up? How are they going to affect us? How are they going to affect Bitcoin and crypto? And then being able to sort of align with those so that we're not being a bull in, in a bear market. We're like instead going, okay, there's a bear season. So how are we going to make the best of the bear season instead of just fighting against it and wishing it was something else, right? So that's how I really approach this full moon especially it was like pisces i know it's a lot of emotions it's about emotions you know let it be and also pisces is about dreaming as well so it's like um you know what are, what are those dreams that are there that that um that i want to look at as well so and what are some of the things that maybe i want to release like what are some of the dreams that don't align for me anymore you know, so that that's really how my full moon was. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And yeah, I I love that you said that we are co-creating and this, you know, astrology, and I've said this before too, astrology by no means predicts the future. We're not here being fortune tellers. And there, I personally believe that the future never is set in stone and something may always change, you know, just even us in our personal lives, we could just make one decision that changes the full trajectory of our life. And I like to focus on how beautiful that is, you know? So yeah, I feel like the full moon um, for me, I was obviously traveling and getting here and getting myself set up in Italy and everything. Um, And I actually felt like it, I felt like, okay, so where, where I'm staying at this Airbnb, we have this massive window right next to the bed and I woke up, it was like three something AM and I just like felt the moon on me. It was so big and bright, like, and I just had all these like beautiful conversations if that's the right word like I don't know if it was like with the moon and with myself and it was just like so many confirmations of certain things in my life and maybe things of like hey what about releasing this but not even releasing physical things in my life but more so maybe ways of thinking or reoccurring thoughts yeah um maybe even reoccurring worries that have popped into my mind. Um, And it was just like a very calming, soothing, like, hey, like gentle reminder over here and like confirmation over here. So it was, it was really beautiful. Yeah. Despite the, 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 um, I could call it a little bit of chaos that I went through with like shifting countries, but, um, but yeah. So it was very calm. 
very beautiful. Thanks, Mercury, for that. But um, yeah, right. I, I, I actually agree with that. Like where you said soothing, that's what I sort of, I felt that too. And um, yeah, some confirmations on like, you're right, past, for me, it was more past ideas about myself. You know what I mean? That it's like, hey, it's time to release these. These don't, these aren't yes. true anymore, right? And um, I was like, okay, wow. But it was a very like gentle kind of experience, soothing experience, like you said, that's the perfect word for it. Because yeah, as I say before the Pisces, I mean, I'm never scared of astrology. That's that's not what yeah. astrology is about. I'm never like, oh my God, this is coming. But sometimes I'm kind of like, you know, Pisces, water sign, emotional, full moon. Am I going to be an emotional wreck for three days? Is that is that the way this is going to go? Because I don't really have time for that. But um, it wasn't yep. like that at all. It was actually it was actually really beautiful. So yeah, I'm glad right. you had the experience. What a Thank stunning you. visual I'm having of you with this like huge window behind your bed and the moon's <laughs> just there. Like how how beautiful. It was um, beautiful. It was very beautiful. Um, thank you, Moon, for that beautiful experience. And it was so interesting watching Bitcoin as well during this period of time. Mm. It, and, you know, we spoke about it last episode, just being really careful for any upwards movement that it was going to be a trap. And I felt like we really saw that right before the full moon, you know, there was just this big, huge one day candle um, that just pushed price up and immediately within within the next two, three days, it just went down and then or went back down and then further down. Um, and, you know, this full moon, I feel like the energy was just getting ready to just getting ready to pull things down um yet again you know speaking of the word soothing that's kind of the energy that i'm getting that we're kind of going to be going through until the new moon in virgo so mm. for bitcoin right now as we shift towards the and, you know, as we're recording this, it is the 3rd of September. Um, yeah, we are headed towards the new moon. We're probably still going to have a few little fake outs here and there. Um, but the the reoccurring thing that I keep seeing is like Bitcoin's just trying to find like a healthy bottom. It's just trying to like find its strong support. Mm, yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was interesting to observe the price action over that um, full moon period. And like we've discussed in previous podcasts, just for new people that are that are here, when we're looking at these periods of the new moon and the full moon, it's it's not a precise date and time, although you can, you know, get obviously the exact time that the moon is at its fullest, but it's really is this three-day window that's always really interesting for us. Yep. Yep. It really is. What was interesting about that was that really the day before the full moon, we saw Bitcoin find its local bottom, which, you know, full moons always tend, we tend to find a local bottom and, um, and then have sort of a reaction out of them. And then, you know, our new moons 
we tend to find that local top and um yeah it really it really did just that and i think it is about again yeah like we said on the previous episode let's just be really careful because for me i don't know what you're seeing corinne but i don't see anything particularly bullish coming coming up um you know it's for me this this new moon in virgo again we also have mercury in virgo and um in the third house so it's all means of communicating bitcoin's third house all means of communication um and obviously mercury is all about communication and um you know, Virgo has these qualities of practicality, attention to detail, meticulousness. And um, so, you know, when we have that new moon, it amplifies these qualities in the collective consciousness. So it's really like this feeling of safety. You know, it's, I think it's what it is, is at this point in time, is that this feeling of a desire for safety is trying to find order clarity you know within within what's happening and so you even in your personal self with this virgo new moon you may feel the need to like try and organize anything chaotic and disorganized um but really the message of this new moon is trying to be more tolerant and accepting the imperfections of life and i feel like that in the crypto space like the last episode I named like, are you bored of crypto? Because it feels like this built up frustration and, you know, kind of trying to make sense of, you know, a lot of things in the world that don't really make sense at the moment. Um, So it's really better to trust life, let it run its own way. And, you know, not everything has to go according to our expectations. Even what I was saying just before, there are times there are bare times you know there are parts where that's just where we are in the cycle and rather than trying to force it trying to be you know overly ordered and trying to organize everything into the way that we want it to be it's just like you know letting letting things be what they are but i mm-hmm. you know i expect in this time this a period of consolidation um, investors being more cautious and analytical regarding Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and sorry, carry on. No, you're right. I wasn't sure whether you were finished. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I was, I was just going to say that like, you know, there are some things that I'm also looking at keeping a close eye on with Bitcoin. Um, you know, we talked about a few episodes ago about the BlackRock ETF, and a lot of people have concerns about BlackRock holding so much of the Bitcoin money supply. But, you know, as we said in that episode, you know, yes, okay, if you hold a large amount of the money supply, you can manipulate price, but mm. the actual network is decentralized. Whereas this week we have had news that. BlackRock is literally buying the Bitcoin mining dip. And, mm. you know, BlackRock is now a major shareholder in four of the five largest Bitcoin miners. And so, you know, I, I'm not an expert in the technology side of things, to be honest. I, I really wanted to speak to a friend of mine who is before we did this podcast, but I wasn't able to. And it's like, you know, 
is it even possible for BlackRock to have a 51% stake in, you know, control of the Bitcoin miners? Right. Um, is it possible? Firstly, is it possible? Secondly, is it probable? And then because if Bitcoin at that point is no longer decentralized and that then really does change the thesis for Bitcoin. So, you know, with this like analytical kind of, um, you know, kind of Virgo energy, it's, you know, it is a time to sort of look at, look at those sorts of things and look a little bit deeper. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, I feel like even with what you were saying that it's kind of like the way that comes to me is like surrendering with mm -hmm. like the just letting it happen. I feel like that's actually one of the biggest challenges for Virgo. Um, so yeah. And, and it all, a lot of what you're saying aligns with what it is that I'm seeing. So particularly for this new moon Virgo that's coming. So yes, it is happening in the third house, which is all about communication right now. Um, on top of that, the new moon has a few key transits that I'm seeing. So right. the new moon can jump Saturn. And this is kind of like an energy of isolation, maybe like a little bit even of depression and really feeling like there's no support from others. Um, and it's very much like an energy of, all right, guess I'm going to have to like rely on self and feeling like, I feel like Bitcoin's going to feel very like misunderstood as it's going through its journey and trying to work towards its purpose. It's like, you know, that period of like, you know, my entre fellow entrepreneurs will probably have felt the feeling at some stage where you're like, okay, everybody in my life, this is my purpose and this is what I'm going to do. And you just feel like you're very misunderstood and not many people support you. And at times you feel really like alone. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like that's very much like it's what it's going through. Um, and it's also in opposition to Uranus. And this is like a, all right, just try and make it through this period it's like can you just survive through this period mm -hmm. like it's that period of time where it's just got to keep going um and let everything else happen around it it's looking for or it needs to find independence and it wants to find independence and it's also a little bit of like hey get ready for some unexpected events to happen you know we're mm -hmm. going to talk a little more about Uranus later on and we've spoken about Uranus and how it's such an important planet when it comes to financial astrology because Uranus really just shakes things up it is I would say it's like the constantly reoccur reoccurring eclipse energy in a planet mm -hmm. like eclipse energy is Uranus all the time so that's why it's so important to check out where Uranus is and so that the new moon is in opposition to Uranus is um and you know opposition is not a great transit it's a challenging transit that it's going yeah. through um mm -hmm. now you were talking about Mercury as well and that's actually 
going to be trying the natal Mars of Bitcoin during this new moon. And this is actually happening in Bitcoin's second house. So this is in regards to money, trade, economy, interest rates. And this can be quite a good thing because the energy around that is like any argument that goes against Bitcoin is going to be totally bulletproof. Like that's the energy around that. And so with this new moon happening in the third house, means of communication, and then Mercury, the planet of communication, being trying the natal Mars in the second house makes me think like some big news will probably come out about Bitcoin and it'll make it seem like publicly it's dead. And mm. it does have an energy around there though for people who actually believe or understand Bitcoin and those who are having real conversations about Bitcoin. It's like they're going to be able to tell whether this is just FUD and trying to just you know, evoke the masses to take a particular move, which I'm seeing is probably going to try and make them sell. Um, when in reality, maybe if you fully understand Bitcoin and its fundamentals, whatever news is going to come out, we're going to be like, yeah, all right, whatever. Like, thank you for mm -hmm. just everybody out of it. Um, so that's some interesting transits. Other interesting uh, transits that I saw um, are Mars being the being square natal sun. Um, so while Bitcoin's going through all of this stuff, it is going to have difficulty to try and control its energy. Um, so it might act a little, it might react to this news a little like irritable or get like angry. So um, it's like a very tense time once again. Um, and we've said this, guys, 2023 that's just what this year is when it comes to crypto space in general um and so I think that was kind of like another confirmation for me where you know the new moon energy even though it typically pulls um price up and where we find a local top I think it's going to quite quickly um continue to the downside also we have to keep in mind that Virgo, we've said this before, when the moon moves through Virgo, Bitcoin does not like this. Like this is not favorable for Bitcoin. So yes, it's a new moon, typically pulls the energy up, but that it's happening in Virgo, um, Bitcoin just doesn't like that. But when I do look even at the more outer planets and, you know, the more outer planets typically give us a bit more of like an understanding long-term and what is coming long-term, um, you know, I see things like Jupiter being trying Bitcoin's sun. Um, and this is about it being open to new ideas, new cultures, and new visions for the future. Um, then there's a Saturn, which is trying the natal Pluto. And this is the energies of this are very much like I kind of think about you know, that one person that is in the background, you know, at the office or is silent on social media because it's just so focused and concentrating on itself and just putting in the work and like creating, you know, its career in the background and that the rewards over time will come. It's just doing the work right now. 
And the last kind of outermost planet that I also found interesting is, you know, we constantly have Pluto being conjunct with the natal Jupiter of Bitcoin. And this is like, it's kind of like a little bit of a warning, but it's like, hey, if you do the right thing, you're going to be okay. And so this is kind of like, if you achieve success at the expense of other people, you will fail. Mm, yeah. You do things if you do things with good intentions then the universe will reward you and you will overcome all the obstacles that you encounter and I feel like this is you know this isn't really up to bitcoin this is up to us this is up to humanity and how are we gonna use bitcoin or make the most of bitcoin and so bringing it back to what you were saying, Claire, about BlackRock, you know, mm. um, how's it going to go? We don't know. Is, you know, the big bad wolf going to take over, making Bitcoin not decentralized anymore? Or are people going to step into their power and use Bitcoin for what its purpose truly is? Yeah. As we said, astrology yeah. doesn't predict the future. Nothing's set in stone. Um, it's just about the decisions that we make. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to talk about a couple of the things that you said there. Um, the, firstly, the feeling of frustration and anger. Like I can feel that, you know, mm. throughout yeah. the crypto community, like everyone is over it. It's Everyone is bored. Everyone is frustrated. And one of the things that sort of concerns me about that is that everybody is just hanging for the Fed to pivot, right? And to flood the market with liquidity again. And, you know, and I mean, it's ironic because that's literally the opposite of, you know, what what crypto, what Bitcoin was right. created for, so that we were not hanging on every last word of the Fed chair, you know, but what concerns me as well about it, I mean, there's no doubt at some point in time, the Federal Reserve will still stimulate the economy because that's what they do. They stimulate, they tighten, they stimulate. Those are their tools, you know, that's that's how they, that's how they manage the economy. But my concern is that it may not look the same as it has done in previous years. You know, um, we have all of these different tools now we, every country, I think, is basically trialing a CBDC, getting people to open wallets. Um, America has Fed now. Um, so I was just looking at an article in Thailand. They are also trialing a CBDC, and they are basically airdropping 10,000 baht, which is about $250 um, US, so for people. But it... Um, it can't be spent outside of a 4K radius um, and it needs to be spent in six months. So a lot of these CBDC okay. trials, yeah, exactly. So people can't save, you can't save that money. And um, a lot of these trials have not, they've been gaining adoption in the sense that people will open the wallet, sign up for the wallet and take the free money and spend it. Fine. I'm The Thailand one, I don't think it's been released yet, but they, you know, in other countries, China is one of them. That's exactly the play that they did as well. 
But what they found is that, yes, people will sign up for the wallet, take the free money, but they're not really using it after that. They're only using it for the free things. But if the, you know, government were looking, governments were looking to stimulate the economy and, you know, provide liquidity directly to consumers, for example, or maybe relief, you know, or, or something like that. Like, for example, in COVID, obviously they had the stimulus checks in America. Now, yeah. what to say that those stimulus checks next time will come in the same form into your bank account? They may well come into this new CBD wallet, CBDC wallet that has terms attached to it. Well, you can only spend it on rent or groceries or whatever. You have to spend it in a certain amount of time. You have to spend it in this certain radius from your home. Um, you know, in that case, I mean, there's always a way around these things, but it certainly will not provide the flood of liquidity into Wall Street or into certainly not into crypto as previous, you know, stimulus, you know, did. So it's like we do have to be a little bit aware of that and not hanging all of your hopes. Like, is your thesis for Bitcoin only um, only going to work if the Federal Reserve pivot, stimulate the economy, send tons of money into the market again, you know? It, it, or do you have a deeper thesis than that? Because there are some sort of flaws in that. There are different factors now. And look, I have no idea if that is true or not. I, I don't know. But I'm just saying that there are different um, outlets and, you know, things like that are, are a possibility. And, you know, when, when the government gives out stimulus checks, they're wanting to stimulate Main Street, and which obviously does flood into Wall Street, but they're their desire is not to stimulate the crypto markets, um, right? You know, so it, there's a, there's got to be a little bit of balance in that as well. And I just felt like over the last couple of weeks, anything that I read about crypto is always like it comes feels this place of frustration, um, depression for some people, I guess, um, but also really just like anticipating the tides changing, you know, with the Federal Reserve. And as I said, that's obviously is going to happen at some point. That's what they do. Um, but whether it will be coming in the form that you're expecting it, I don't know. That might not. So, um, you know, that is one of those things. Yeah. And, you know, we had spoken about this mm. on one of our previous episodes where we spoke about the north node mm -hmm. and how it creates the 18.6 year cycles if you haven't listened to that episode yet go back and definitely watch it because it's a much more long-term um cycle that we see even from an astrological perspective and you know just in july this year the north node moved into aries and we spoke about the fact that this is a period of time until you know it's going to be 2025 when it shifts again that there's going to be a lot of fake money coming in mm -hmm. and i feel like we had talked about you know these maybe not so much more like stimulus checks but with cbdc's and these incentives to take the free money um, and how that is actually going to be pushing 
it's going to look like our economy is like starting to get healthy again. And maybe there's not going to be as much of a recession yet because the great depression, um, which is the, the new and upcoming great depression from an astrological perspective is not going to be until 2026 and 2028. Right. Um, so I felt like there was some themes there than a lot that align with that too yeah so I, I just think it's something to think about like as I said it's actually quite difficult to really find out the nuts and bolts of these CBDCs to be honest the ins and outs of them because I mean I have other questions like for example the the Thai one is you know 10,000 Thai baht or whatever is issued to each Thai citizen that will sign up for a wallet but who like is that treat like in terms of money supply, is that treated as a Thai bot or is it a whole separate thing? You know what I mean? So are they increasing right. the circulation of Thai bot? That's very you can't find you can't find that out. I mean, I've hmm. I've tried looking at that in some of these different um projects, like the China project, I think was the first one. India also has a CBDC project. It's very difficult to find that information. So if anyone's listening and they know, um, mm. you know, please DM us. But um, yeah, so I think there are factors. Now, I don't, again, I don't want to be an alarmist because, you know, the reality is, you know, when people talk about CBDCs, people ask me about them all the time. And they're like, you know, what do you think of them? And my answer is always like, I well, I don't love them. But yeah like the governments don't care if Claire loves them or not. Like it doesn't change anything that I don't love yeah. them. It's like, it's really working with reality and what, what they can bring. And the reality is they are programmable money. So they can mm -hmm. be set to expire after three months. They can be set that you can't spend this more than four Ks from your, you know, your, your residence. Um, but will they enforce these things going forward? So that's all well and good when it's a free airdrop. But if that is your salary and, you know, it has these programmable elements of that, um, you know, that's when it gets a little ugly. Now, I'm not saying that that, that will happen because even at the moment, you know, the the government can shut off your bank account at any time if they want to. Like, they, there is that ability, you know. So they do have that ability, but they obviously don't use that restrictive ability um, that often. They do do it, but, um, you know, it's obviously not en masse. But the ability is there for them to do that, and they don't exercise it. So it's a similar thing with these CBDCs. The ability to have this programmable money and these restrictions on that money is there, but I'm not sure in what context how they will use that. But I yeah. would say that any kind of stimulus that does come from the government, they are going to want to make sure that that is stimulating the area of the economy that they want to be stimulated. So, um, you know, I bet, I mean, they already do do that realistically with crypto and banks. Like, I think the UK has some crazy restrictions on how much you can transfer. Like, some, it's very low, the amount. I think it's like 400 or 600 pounds or something like that that you can transfer from your UK bank account to a crypto exchange. Um, so, yep. obviously, there are ways to work around that. But, um, 
you know, yeah, just just be aware when you're thinking, oh, great, well, it's going to be just like 2020 again. Well, it may not be. It may not look the same. So, um, you know, and I mean, I hope the the other factors around 2020 do not look the same for sure. But um, you know what I mean. But I'm I'm talking purely in terms of um, stimulating the economy. Um, yeah. Yeah, and you know, I I love what you said, and I'm just like, remember everybody that nothing in life does come for free. Mm-hmm. Like when we receive these free money, free stimulus, like it's not for free. And I, it makes me think of this story and I'm sure maybe some of you guys have already seen it. Like it comes up often on like Instagram and it's like, it's about this man who established a zoo and he made the entrance for, entrance fee like $300 nobody went to the zoo so he reduced the price $200 nobody bought it went down to 100 still nobody so then he made the zoo free and everybody ran on into the zoo until then he locked everybody in a cage just set the lions free and then was like okay now you need to pay to exit and (laughs) funny until then it actually happens in your life And now it might not be that you have to pay back money, but it's like, okay, so if money is energy and you're receiving money for free, what energy, like, have you taken there that now you have like an energetic debt that you have created? Like what, Mm -hmm. what is it that maybe even energetically you are giving up to receive that like I invite you to to think about that because for me you know just in this conversation the first thing that comes to my mind is like okay so I'm giving up part of my freedom to receive that and then enter into this new system um where you know everything that you said I'm I'm like well it's all screaming a new version of centralization you know, even more centralized with even more control than we had before. Um, and, and that doesn't align with with my values and my energy and where it is that I want to be personally putting my energy, you know. Um, so those are just things to consider. And, you know, we actually had a special episode with uh, Natalie Brunel. And mm-hmm. I, I remember all of us talking about the fact that we believe that you know, there's just going to be kind of like a a divide, you could say, where, and I just see it as like, you know, two roads or one road turning into two roads and people just kind of picking, okay, like, am I going to go for this new system and this new way? Or am I going to be somebody that says, nope, the new system is the same. It's still centralized. And so I'm going to head left and I'm going to you know, step more into whatever a decentralized world looks for me with whatever tools it is that I'm going to be, um, that I'm going to be able to have access to. So, you know, once again, it's just a transformation year. Um, yeah, January, or maybe just when, whenever during 2024 is going to look very different to what the world has looked like in 2023. Yeah, 
Yeah. And and just to touch on something positive, a few positive things that also aligned up with some of the, the things you were saying. You know, we've had a couple of lawsuits um, within crypto. First, we had the Grayscale um, mm -hmm. lawsuit against the SEC, which Grayscale won. And um, one that I also find really interesting is Uniswap actually um, won a lawsuit in a U.S. court as well. And mm. during this, uh, I think this is actually very, very important in terms of DeFi. Um, and it sort of didn't get that much attention, to be honest, but I think it's of really course. important. <laughs> Number one. A New York judge in the U.S. court just called Ethereum a commodity. Mm. So I think that, number one, that's something really important. And also, they also ruled in this case that Uniswap, the, the company behind Uniswap, cannot be held liable for how people use its protocol. Because basically, it, they acknowledge it's just a piece of code and that can be interacted with, you know, and the people that are interacting with that code are responsible for how, how they're using it, not the actual, not Uniswap itself. So that's yeah. something really, really huge for DeFi, I think, and um, really promising as well for DeFi. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think that there's, I think there's no question on whether the world of cryptocurrency is going to be in our future. Like we're, it's too late now. Like we're past that point. Crypto's here to stay. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the news has been incredible. It's been super positive. I mean, even though, even let's talk about ETFs, even though yeah. the ETFs continue to be postponed, they haven't been rejected. Um, I, I truly believe it's coming. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's already here. It's already here to stay. And um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just how it plays out. I mean, and again, like I was saying, that's, that's sort of like, I really feel like this podcast is more documenting that than, you know, I feel like that's what's more important about what we're doing with this podcast than, you know, like the price calls or the, you know, anything like that, because that's what astrology is. It's like how to ride the ebbs and flow of the energy and so it's really observing like how this trajectory this evolution of bitcoin and crypto is playing out and i feel like we're kind of documenting that and i think one of the interesting things about these lawsuits that at least recently is that when the sec takes on crypto they're, they're not winning so yep. um you know again we spoke in past episodes about Brian Armstrong's attitude was like, you know what, you won't give us legislation. We're going to go through the courts and we're going to get some precedents then. And it's, you know, it's an annoying, you know, frustrating way of going about things. But it is, um, you know, it is moving in that direction for crypto, which is really, really positive. Agreed. Yeah. And I don't know if I mentioned this earlier. But may I just add something really important too, or positive, is that, oh. ladies and gentlemen, as of the 15th of September, which is in one day tomorrow for you guys listening, we're out of Mercury retrograde. <laughs> Yay! Until the end of the year, we're free. Wow. Wow. And did you, 
as we are coming out of Mercury retrograde, we are entering into the shadow of eclipse season. <laughs> yes, we are. So happy eclipse season, guys. <laughs> Buckle up. Um, so even though we do have the eclipse themselves on the 14th of October and the 28th of October, um, it's important to note that the actual eclipse energy and season starts six weeks before the first eclipse and ends six weeks after the second eclipse. So as of the 2nd of September, which was yesterday for us, and so already, you know, uh, a week or so in for you guys listening, we're already in eclipse season. Um, and, you know, eclipse season is just really about expecting the unexpected for things to be revealed for the light to finally be shown in areas that it has had a lot of that it's been hidden so that's why we normally do see a lot of scandals come out we see you know a lot of news and um just things being brought to the light finally um and so we're grateful for it like it's I, I actually think even though it does create chaos sometimes, majority of the time, I do think that it's like, oh, okay, yeah, just like let us have it and let's see what the truth is. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's some interesting things that will probably be happening around that time. Um, we'll probably end up going more details in one of the episodes closer to the the eclipses but and i believe claire agrees with me that we both think that something pretty mm. significant is coming quite significant yeah. yeah yeah i i do i i do sense that i do feel like something major is coming not just for crypto i i think globally as well i just have that sense that um you know i I actually really like eclipse season, you know, it's, I don't know if I like it at the time when we're going through, it's one of those things that you're like, uh, when at the time it's like, what is happening? Everything feels crazy, but it is one of those things that like when things get shaken up and things get shaken out, it's just, it's really healthy. It's like a healthy pruning. You know, I was talking about the seasons earlier. There's a time for pruning. And yeah. um, oftentimes eclipse season is that. I probably don't need to remind everybody that last eclipse season, um, pretty much to the day we had Luna, and then the, the next eclipse we had um, we had FTX. So, you know, I at the time obviously it crashed the entire market. There was a lot of fallout from that. We're still feeling that. Um, there's still things that are happening from that. And um, however, looking back on it, I still think that that was a good thing that those things were taken down. You know, I yeah. think the truth about what FTX actually was, instead of just the hype and BS around it coming out, I think that's a healthy thing. I, help, I think it's a positive thing. A lot of people were hurt in that process. And I'm sorry if anyone listening, I'm sorry if you were one of them. I don't mean to speak about it, you know, in such a nonchalant way. I recognize a lot of people are really, really hurt in that process. We all were the knock-on effect of the market crashes. We all felt that. 
Um, but I think even maybe people who were hurt by FTX um, can look back on and go, well, I'm glad that it happened then. And we now we know. And now we can move forward and rebuild. And, you know, we learned some lessons for sure with that, um, you know, coming out of it. But um, it, all in all, it was positive. And I think with that, I can pivot towards, you know, um, talking about Uranus retrograde. Mm. So um, again, it's, it's one of those things. So Uranus retrograde started on the 28th of August. And it will be in retrograde until the 27th of January, 2024. So, um, you know, it's funny. I've just been talking about how it feels like crypto is a bit boring. It's in a rut. We've been around this these levels for a really long time. feels like, you know, it, it feels frustrating. So if it feels that way that we're stuck in habits or stuck in a rut, well, changes are coming so hold on um you know it's on a personal level it's a period that will launch um personal reflection internal growth and it may even inspire you to make some major life changes so um uranus really represents humanitarianism innovation and technology on a really big scale on a global universal scale actually and um but when we talk about retrograding you know we think about mercury retrograde it's the most famous planetary retrograde um and it yep. kind of causes can cause some chaos in communication and technology and things like that um whereas uranus represents change and this planet really loves changing things um but it is for the good of all so that's really the energy of uranus it's like it really um it really does create change but overall the overarching theme is for the good of all so uranus is the planet of rebellion and innovation and you know it its influence definitely brings some instability and unpredictability which is scary for us all um and it it makes room for sudden changes that really revolutionize the world so it's it's normal to feel like scared and uncomfortable in times of uncertainty um but but it's it's for the greater good and um yeah like after a while you know uranus uranus is in retrograde and it's it's influence so uranus as i said is the um planet of rebellion and innovation so when it's in retrograde this influence becomes more tempered and inverted so instead of being like mercury retrograde where it's going to like affect external things uranus retrograde changes you you know so in, instead of external change it's internal transformation so whether that's for bitcoin whether that's for our global financial system whether that's for us personally, instead of changing the world around you, it really encourages you to be the one doing the changing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it, it really asks us to to change. And as you were saying, Corinne, even this full moon really brought that 
you know, energy of maybe releasing limiting beliefs um, uh, and those sorts of things. So it really is that inner change. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, changing and as, especially when there is times of like uncertainty, uh, you know, sudden change, revolutionary change, even when it's good, even when you deem it good, it still feels shaky. So it's, um, you know, it's really about, um, you know, strengthening that resolve and being able to sort of stand through that and go, it's okay, I'm not scared to change. I'm not scared to change my inflexible mindset that like previously um, was felt really like it was set in stone. Are there new ways of doing things and being open to that? Because Uranus also takes no prisoners. Like, honestly, it it really is the planet of, um, of revolution and reinvention and transformation and um it, it, it's gonna things are gonna change whether you like it or not so the best thing is to like get on board with that and so you know it's a five month long retrograde and it really will inspire you to deepen your sense of independence and strengthen your resolve in your own unique self so when I'm talking about that, I'm talking about us on a personal level. And I'm also like, I like to talk about Bitcoin as if it was a person. So it's like strengthening and deepening that sense of independence and your uniqueness, right? So um, because this retrograde does begin in Taurus, it, the luxurious uh, sign known for its association with money, you can expect this to shine a light on our financial systems on bitcoin on the you know under under bitcoin and and also our own relationship to finances to wealth um and to our energy transfer is really what we talk about mostly on this podcast and um because taurus is also ruled by venus planet of love you can also expect it to bring forward some areas that may need to change in your relationships, your friendships, your own support system. And that's for us personally, collectively, and for Bitcoin. So maybe, you know, we're just talking about BlackRock. Like, what does that relationship with Bitcoin look like? How is that going to play out? That may also be under the spotlight um, during this re retrograde. So mm -hmm. it's really here to show you how to be the person you want to be on your own terms at your own pace so it's well on uranus's terms and uranus's pace actually but it's it's really like calling you to step into that and not be afraid to to let go of some of the things in the past and you know sometimes that's really hard because a lot of the people know you in a certain way right they they're like, this is, this is who you are. This is how you are. Well, it, it's totally fine to flip the script at any point and say, you know what? That is who I used to be, but this is who I'm stepping into. And that, you know, no longer is a part of me. So you're going to have to adapt to this new version of me. And um, sometimes that can be really, really challenging, but it, it is, that's what Uranus is bringing us. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, throughout that whole thing, I was just like, Charles Darwin's quote was going through my head. It's not the strongest nor the fastest that survive, but it's those with the ability to adapt to change. 
those are the ones that survive. So, you know, I think that that's a perfect um, just quote for what we're, uh, you know, what we're going to embark into these next five months with this Uranus in retrograde. Um, you know, I think that it is going to be a shaky time just for the economy in general. Um, but again, that's just this transformation and revolution that we're going through right now. Um, you know, it's time to change. And, you know, Taurus is actually also such a, um, a key sign around material world and also not just our finances, but food and the environment too. So um, we've spoken about in the past you know, we did a full episode talking about Uranus and what it really brings and how with it being in, in Taurus and in retrograde, you know, um, maybe some food supplies might have some issues. We continue to see this theme of the environment, you know, um, despite maybe the controversy of how certain uh, current uh, natural disasters are occurring despite that it is just a theme right now we're seeing fires we're seeing earthquakes we're seeing you know even our our land our our land on earth change and shift look up africa and how africa seems to or parts of africa are like splitting um and you know um volcanic movements that are erupt or I don't know if it was full eruption but I know that there were some things happening with volcanoes in certain parts of the world um and so that's just these themes like everything's just changing and shifting and evolving um and I think that this Uranus in retrograde is just gonna speed it up a little kind of like what we were talking about before right God just comes on in and is like bam here you go um but he does it for the greater good. It is for what I like to see as us just evolving to um, higher versions of ourselves and higher version of our world. And that's also then bringing us to, you know, Saturn being in Pisces for the next couple of years. It's just about us shifting to a higher realm and I feel like this is just another little growing pain that we're going through. But at the end of the day, it's always about our attitude and how it is that we act rather than react. Um, the just the, you know, and this really aligns with trading too, like and investing in general. How are you managing your emotions? Are you being reactive? to the market and what it gives you or do you take a step back and get in control of your emotions and just see what the market can give you um so i think we can really apply that same principle to life to the world to what we're going through right now um instead of reacting see what opportunities this brings to you instead yeah absolutely i mean with every with every shake up there's always an opportunity you know, I mean, we discussed it, you know, even we didn't have the podcast at that time, but, you know, when we all, when the markets crashed and during that time of the FTX and Luna debacles and Celsius and three arrows, all of the things, you know, 
Um, we were actually sort of positive on on the other side of that of like, you know, we really never thought that we would see Bitcoin at this price again. So do you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it was like, it's those moments that you go, okay, it's, it's a shit show, but, <laughs> um, but, you know, where are the opportunities? And I think that makes it really exciting. You know, I think I, I get excited by those kind of things and we are in times of great change. I don't think anyone can really deny that there are so many shifts going on in the planet. I mean, it, governmentally, financially, um, you know, socially as well, you know, it's a lot of things are shifting and changing. And at the end of the day, we do have to be in that place of surrender of just going, okay, this, sometimes things are scary, sometimes things are tough, but I'm going to be in that place of surrender where I know it is for the greater good. And, um, you know, in regards to Uranus, we did do an episode back last eclipse season, actually back in April, and that we discussed Uranus's importance to crypto and macro markets as well. Um, when it first moved into Taurus. And we, we also discussed just to give some perspective that the last time Uranus was in Taurus was from 1934 to 1941. So it was the Great Depression, World War II. And then a couple of years later, Bretton Woods, you know, with sweeping financial reforms, the establishment of the IMF and the US dollar as the global reserve currency. So this was the last time that it was in Taurus. So we, we have kind of been prepared for these changes. It is the great awakener. It's, you know, unconventional. It's about revolution. So um, it's really about riding that wave and, you know, being in that, like surrendering to that energy. And instead of trying to fight it and wanting to return to the old and the safe and the conventional, because that's, that's not really possible. Yep. Yep. So it's, it's exciting times. Yeah. That's the, I like to look at it and you know, for you guys listening today it is the new moon in Virgo and this is time also for new beginnings. Um, and I'd actually noted on my chart on the 19th and the 20th of September um, are actually, so just a few days after the new moon are actually some really powerful energies that are happening. So that's the 19th and the 20th of September. Um, cause sometimes it's, it's better to wait like a few days after the new or full moon and everybody is different and feels it a different way. So intuitively, maybe then you can find the exact moment for you to do this, but there are some really powerful energies that day post the new moon. So that's a really great time to be creative, to flow, and to also step into manifestation. So as we go through this revolution, revolutionary times, I also invite you to, and especially with this Virgo energy, right? Like sit in it and be like, all right, let me actually like take the time to like plan things out and sit there and be like, cool. Like, what are my next steps? Like, where do I want to go next? What do I want to do? New moons are times for new beginnings. They are times where you get to sit down and set those intentions for the future. Maybe go and reassess your goals and where you want to head next. Um, you know, I actually love Virgo energy for like getting things done. 
like my Mars is in Virgo and I I love that because it's like this thing of like okay I need to sit down and just get it done and I just want to like smash it out and so now that we have the moon going Virgo like this is a perfect time for you to to do that and the sun is in Virgo right so that's just the perfect time to have your focus the light is being shown on that like focus down on it and stay in that flow state and that can be brought out through the creativity just a really great time for setting those intentions and and to manifest it yeah absolutely my mars is also in virgo and no um, way. you're mm-hmm. perfect <laughs> and um <laughs> and the yeah i think this the virgo new moon is just it's really in the details like what are you wanting to manifest like i mean we've said some things on this podcast that sound pretty out there maybe a little scary but you know again astrology is not there to scare you it's just there to be right that way the ebbs and flows of the energies and the evolution of humanity and um you know and really get into the details the virgo loves the details so really when you're setting your intentions where you're lining up like the things that you really want to manifest like um really get into the details what does this actually look like what does the path towards this actually look like what does it feel like what does it smell like even you know all of those things and um really get creative and create building that vision for yourself and um and yeah and then also surrender it over and let um you know, let, let God move and bring forth the things that God wants to bring through you. Like, that's how I view manifestation is it's like, you know, I I do feel like I'm at a point in my own life where I'm like, you know what, I'm done manifesting fun things that, you know, aren't for me. I God, I really want to manifest whatever you want to bring through me. And so um, I think, again, like, get into that space of co-creation and really get detailed about it. That's that Virgo energy and put it, put it to good use for sure. Exactly, man, the power of surrender. Um, I used to struggle around that word because Mm. I used to, you know, and this is like neurolinguistics programming. It's about what you, what, what conception or what idea and definition have you given a word in your life? Right. And when I used to hear the word surrender, I'd be like, what? Me? I win at everything. I never give up. I'm not surrendering to anything or anyone. Like, what do you mean? Like, I get what I want, <laughs> you know? Right. Exactly. Um And then, you know, and really this has happened like maybe in the past like year, two years, like I just, I read the book, The Surrender Experiment. Right. Yeah. Michael Singer, I think. Is it Michael Singer? It is Michael Singer. Mm -hmm. And I just, it just made me shift my, my definition of surrender And now it's more of this like, wow, if I just, it's not even about just letting things happen, but you know, that everything that comes in front of you and into your life and that happens, it really happens for you to propel you to that next level. And it's like, all right, 
it's about, I feel like it's being more aware of what's in front of us and uh, stepping into the, okay, this is happening for me. So I'm, I'm going to embrace it more. And, and I love what you said about just letting God like move through you. Like, I truly believe that, you know, when we look at the astrology, it's, it's the sun, where is your sun sign? That's about a big part of your purpose here. And when we align the two things together, um, you know, it's just about the, I believe that every single one of us is so special and we're brought here for bigger things than we can even imagine at this point in time. Uh, and so when we do surrender, remember that things are always happening for us. It brings us to newer and higher levels than we can ever imagine. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Surrender is not um, doing nothing. It's just not being too attached to the outcome. That's that's how I kind of work with surrender because it's also a difficult thing for me. And any Virgos that are listening, surrender, <laughs> they're probably just like, what? Surrender is the hardest thing for a Virgo. So it's it's really balancing that energy. So I love that. I love that. Since we're on book recommendations, I just bought um lynn alden's book um that she's just released it was just released on august the 20th i haven't had a chance to read it yet but it looks really really interesting lynn alden is an amazing macroeconomist and um also a bitcoiner and she's written a, a book called broken money why our financial system is failing us and how we can make it better so I think that'll be a really interesting read for anyone that wants to dive into something um, on this Labor Day weekend. <laughs> Damn, yeah, that sounds amazing. I look forward to listening in on that too. Yeah, yeah, very good, very good. But yeah. should we close there? Yeah, let's. So uh, happy new moon, everybody. Yeah. Uh, stay connected to everything and attached to nothing. Exactly. Beautifully said, beautifully said. Happy new moon in Virgo. Happy manifesting everyone. Peace, love, and Bitcoin. Love and Bitcoin. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Bitcoin Zodiac podcast. We hope you enjoyed our discussions about the evolution of Bitcoin viewed through the lens of financial astrology. This podcast does not offer financial advice, so please make sure you do your own research. And stay tuned for our next episode where we will continue to dive deeper and build off these perception-expanding topics. Remember, whatever your beliefs may be, we all have something to learn from each other. So stay curious, stay open-minded, and keep exploring the world of Bitcoin and astrology. As always, may the stars align in your favor and your crypto investments prosper. Until next time, peace, love, and Bitcoin.